0: listening to Inclusive AF with Jackie Clayton
1: and Katie Van Horn.
0: Hi, welcome. Good afternoon. Good morning. Good Good evening. Good Good night. night. Yes. And welcome to the Inclusive AF podcast. I am Jackie Clayton.
2: And this is Katie Van Horn, and we are very excited for you all to be joining us today. We have a very special guest, Amanda Young, who is an author um, and all kinds of other things. Uh, and so <laughs> like, actually that, that maybe I'm like, that maybe didn't sound great, Mouth but breather. Amanda is amazing and we're excited to have her on. And so um, please share a little bit about yourself, your identity, um, whatever you'd like to share.
1: Yes. First of all, thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to get a chance to talk to you and your audience. And I'm just so grateful and humbled, but hi, my name is Amanda young. My pronouns are she, her, I am a cis straight white woman. And yeah, a little bit about me. I, my entire life, my dream was to be an animal trainer. And I accomplished that dream and worked with everything from dolphins and sea lions and killer whales to elephants and rhinos and giraffe and the whole gambit. And long story short, I actually got laid off for my dream job. And that's kind of when my whole journey started and it was a very pivotal moment for me. And we'll probably talk about that in a little bit, but that's pretty much how everything got started. <laughs>
2: Awesome. Okay, cool. Um, yes, we need to talk about all the animals, um, because that's amazing. Um, so would love to just start off a little bit because you recently authored a book. And so let's talk about your book first, if that's okay. Um, tell us what was the, well, uh, obviously inspiration was your background, but tell (laughs) us a little bit about the book.
1: Yes. So I just recently published actually within the last week. Jumo the unicorn which is part of a series called Manda's Magical Zoo. And <laughs> it's so cute. I I mean I love it. I should because I helped write the book, but <laughs> I technically co-authored it. So my co-author's name is Melody Pendleberry. and she also started the Publishing Room which is our publishing liaison company, so you know, just plug that there. But the inspiration for the book is I wanted a way to share My overarching messages of inclusivity, friendship, love, allyship, and also my animal background. And on my own personal brand, on all my platforms, even in my room right now, you can see color is what I love. I love it. I love what the rainbow represents. I love all of my friends who fall within that community, and I wanted a way to usher in some maybe more difficult conversations to a younger generation. What I have been seeing is that my friends who are currently becoming parents are finding it hard to start these conversations with their younger children about gender identity and sexual orientation and all of these things that us and adults are, some people are having a hard time grasping too, (laughs) you know? Mm -hmm. And I wanted to kind of bridge that gap with these conversations and get them started early so that way they could be modeled in a safe environment. And when their kids grow up and go to school, they remember the safe environment, reading that children's book with their parents. So that's kind of where the idea came from.
0: I love that. And you're right. I mean, trying to have the conversations looks like, where do you start? There's so many different things to discuss Um, and you want to do it as early as possible, you know, we've heard of of stories, not everyone, not every story is tragic, but it's like, it's still, there have been so many, right? There are those environments where they didn't know where to go or, you know, or felt like they were different. And that's what I loved about um, looking at the background of the book, um, of like the little identity crisis of of this rhino, that is so cute. And I was like, (laughs) you know, I wish I would have had that book, you know, like, I was like, wait, wait, this like helps because I think a lot we're seeing people with the understanding, you know, claiming it, the, what their gender identity is early. Mm-hmm. And so sometimes it's a, the parents are the ones that have to understand, right. So they can put those things together. And that's, uh, I think it's keep the way that. Yeah.
1: They're, they're, and that's the thing is that with my friends that I've talked about, they say, I knew at a young age that I felt this way, but I was scared the way my parents would react. And so again, that was the idea is okay. If your parents are reading this book to you already being programmed into your brain is my parents picked this book for me. We're reading it together. This is a safe, loving space, which just again, fosters that relationship down the road. So hopefully it's not an uncomfortable conversation. I I think there's
2: so many parents that are in that space where it is just, they want to be welcoming. They want to be inclusive. They want to create that safety for their kids. And so it is, but it is a, I don't want to say the wrong thing. I don't know what to say. Um, and so even just starting off with this book of, you know, just, Hey, it is like you said, it's just a, a more comfortable way of approaching it and kind of, Hey, we're all different. So love that. So, Um, We have the rhino slash unicorn in this book, but um, let's talk about some real animals for a moment. So (laughs) tell us a little bit about you. You said, you know, you were in, you know, you've taken care of lots of different animals. Tell us a little bit about that.
1: Yes. So kind of cliche story as a little kid, my first visit to a zoo and to SeaWorld, I was like. Hey mom, I'm going to do that someday. She was like, ha ha ha. Okay. And I was like, no, I'm serious. That's, that's what I'm going <laughs> to do. I'm going to grow up and do that. And then little 22 year old Amanda graduated college. And my first job was working at the Navy Marine mammal program. So I quite literally trained dolphins and sea lions for the Navy to search for underwater terrorists. That's the job. I did it. Uh, and then my husband and I moved to Tampa. And so I decided Hey, this is as close as I'm going to get to SeaWorld Orlando. So, even though I have to drive two hours to get to work every day, I'm going to do it because that's my personality—is I don't back down from a challenge. And so, I started working with dolphins again. I worked with sea lions, and then I got that like pinnacle job of working with killer whales. And I'm not going to lie to you, my ego was like, "Whoo, prime! It was big." Heavy to fall. I was like, I'm 25. I'm thriving. Nothing can go wrong. This is the best year ever. It's only up from here. Yeah. Well, psych <laughs> only down from there. Um, so in the spring of 2019 pre pandemic, I got a phone call one morning that said, Hey, Amanda, your job's been eliminated. We don't need you anymore. Don't come into work. No warning, no anything. I was on my weekend about ready to go into work the next day nothing. I had literally just gotten an exceeds expectation review three days before. So like no warning whatsoever. And I went through my own identity crisis where my entire life I had defined myself as a future animal trainer, an animal trainer, a killer whale trainer. And in a moment's notice, this identity was just ripped out from under me. And that's kind of when I started my social media platforms. And I was sharing facts about killer whales and animals and sharing like behind the scenes of training. And I had this moment where I was like, crap, what am I, what am I gonna do now? Because I have all these people following me, but like, are they here for me or are they just here because mm-hmm. of my cool job? And am I more than my job? Am, am I worthy by myself? So I went through this whole thing. And through the twists and the turns of the past year and a half, I started working a different animal job. I expanded to elephants, rhinos, painted dogs, okapi, literally any African animal you can think of, I worked with. And it came to this point last fall where I was feeling this calling and this urging for something more. And it was terrifying because my platform was picking up and I knew that I had these dreams of starting a podcast, writing a book, creating digital courses, like all these things were on the cusp, but... I was still holding on to that initial dream that I thought, well, I can't be anything more than that. Like, that's what I wanted to do my whole life. If I stop, then like, what was all that for? And I was having daily panic attacks and just so terrified of leaving that identity. And I was clinging to it. And finally through therapy and adjusting medication and just having a great safety net behind me, I quite literally took the leap uh, this January of 2021. And realized that it wasn't going to be perfect, but I was going to do it. And honestly, since then things have been amazing. And I've just had the freedom to do what I've wanted to do. And we're 10 months into the year and I have accomplished the goals I thought that I wanted to accomplish in my five-year plan. And so I'm just so thankful and grateful for all of my opportunities and just trusting myself and my safety net enough to literally and realize that my setbacks were actually just set ups for the future. I, that,
0: that. I want to let's back up a minute. We're going
1: to go all the way you back.
0: You said skirt. <laughs> I love it when people like are like, oh yeah, well, and then you get it and they just keep going on. I heard you try to say, you know, it's back to that identity thing. Mm-hmm. Like, I think that happens a lot to a lot of people. I mean, it happens, you know it still happens to me where I'm like, you know, you have those days where you're like, I don't know. I don't know the answer. (laughs) Right. I don't know all the things. Um, or when you realize like, who's going to fix this? And it's like, wait, Oh, they're talking to me. It's like my job and my responsibility. And we do put so much of ourselves to our jobs that we feel like we put everything into that. Um, But one of the other things that you said that was really interesting is that you were also afraid because you were building the social media platform. So let's do that. How did that play out as you were transitioning? What did you find out about your audience? How has that transformed? And did you get any input from them as you were kind of going into the next stage? Curious.
1: Yeah, so... Like I said, I started social media based on animals because as we know, a very biased documentary came out quite literally bashing my dream job. And I wanted to humanize a group of people that dedicate their entire lives to taking care of these animals. And whether you agree that they're there or not, the fact is is right now they're there and they need to be taken care of. And I just wanted to, again, humanize these people and myself because every day I would go into work and be told how horrible of a person I was from people just standing oh. outside. And that's awful because again, regardless of where you fall in that argument, they're there. And until they're not there, you should want them being taken care of the best way possible. Um, so I was sharing facts and just sharing other things. Cause I realized that knowing that was a privilege and not everyone grew up with a sea world in their backyard. Not everyone grew up being able to see animals and I started transitioning before I got laid off sharing some like husband content and some mm-hmm. puppy content and like was sprinkling it in because people were like, Hey, your whole life isn't animals. What more do you do? And then when I got laid off, that's so why I, I added started puppies. <laughs> I added puppies oh, that sounds familiar. <laughs> right. And my husband and I don't know whatever else we're doing. Yep. And when I got laid off, I made this decision of, okay, I'm, I'm going to be real. I'm not going to be all these perfect skinny bloggers that I see. I'm going to be real. I'm going to be authentic. And if I have a bad day, I'm going to talk about it. If I have a great day, I'm going to talk about it. And for the first month, I challenged myself to do one thing a day that made me happy because I was at so low of a point with my mental health and just where I was in that space that, I didn't see a way out. I didn't see it ending good for me at all. And so I challenged myself to just do one single thing a day. And I shared that with everyone and it, people reached out to me and said, wow, this helped me so much. I'm putting this in my toolkit someday. And then I realized, huh, mental health. This is, this is a thing we should be talking about. And everyone is so scared to talk about mental health, but I did it without actually doing it and people are really responding to this. And so at that point, that's when I really started shifting my brand and it was becoming a little bit less animal content and more mental health. And I had a series to keep the animals because I really did love the animals. I did Trainer Tuesday. And so every Tuesday, guaranteed, I was gonna post an animal photo, get facts about the animal, whatever. When I left my job, again, in January, I had this identity crisis where I was like, I don't feel comfortable sharing these old photos of me because I'm not in that job anymore. And it just feels weird to me. So what I did is I did take over trainer Tuesday. And I reached out to like five trainers that I knew in the field and said, Hey, will you do a guest post on my page? Win-win. you can share your audience with me, my audience can meet you. You might gain some followers and this would be cool. It went, I was like five people. That's like a month and a week. I'll be good. Maybe I can jump back in then. It went so well that I had seven months of trainers every week doing a guest post. I just got goosebumps because it was so cool. I wasn't even asking people anymore. They were like, how can I be a part of this? I want to share my story. And it started out, hey, this is how I got my dream job. And then they started sharing, hey, this is what you don't know about the field. This is what's hard about being in the animal field. And it just became this like movement that I was like, I didn't even mean to do this, but here we are. (laughs) And so that was wild. And I did a final post. I was like, wow, thank you so much. This was amazing. You know, I'm, I'm not an animal trainer anymore, but you guys know that you can always come to me and I can help you and help me and all of that. So it's kind of how it all transitioned. That's
2: awesome. So we have had a few folks on to talk uh, about mental health and I want to be thoughtful that obviously whatever you are comfortable with sharing, you know, feel free to share, but would love to hear a little bit about your journey because, you know, obviously knowing that, Hey, this was your identity. This was your dream for your entire childhood and into adulthood. How did, you know, how did you get to a place that you were okay mentally?
1: Yeah. So I grew up in a family where probably like most people early nineties where, You keep all your issues behind closed doors and you don't talk about them and we don't let anyone know what's going on because on the outside we're a functioning normal family of America. And I don't fault my parents for the way that we grew up because that's how they grew up and all they did was try and give us a better life than what they had and in high school. I was bullied really badly, like really badly in high school because I was too tall, too blonde, too smart, too bold, too loud, just too much. And I didn't fit in the societal norm box that people were trying to put me in. And yeah, I got bullied really badly. There was like a Facebook hate page made about me and just awful things like threats being put in my locker. And That is when my depression and anxiety definitely started. And I tried to go to therapy, but to be honest, I wasn't, I wasn't committed back then because I was a little 14 year old that didn't want to admit anything was wrong and that maybe I should be on medication because that was embarrassing back then. And so stuffing it all down, I go to college and the pressures of being a straight A student, being in a sorority, trying to have internships. Oh, P.S., I have a long distance boyfriend and all of these things, again, ignoring all of my mental health. And it caught up with me in my mid twenties, for sure. I was able to just stuff everything down until that layoff happened. And then that was when whoop, no more, I can't hide it anymore. And yeah, I was having panic attacks. I have, I've been officially diagnosed now from a psychiatrist with major depressive disorder, generalized anxiety disorder, ADD, uh, and a couple other things as well, too, that now I'm on the right meds coupled with therapy, coupled with my psychiatrist, coupled with the right birth control. You know, it's just all, (laughs) all a big circle and they all are puzzle pieces that play together, but Now I feel like through all of that, I really have a handle on my mental health and I know triggers and precursors. And when I feel like it starts slipping, I know that I have the resources to reach out and the people that are going to take care of me.
0: I appreciate that. And thank you for sharing that. Thank you. A lot. And (laughs) yeah, (laughs) it's a lot and a lot. I can't, I I can't imagine, but at the same time, and and I don't know, and it's like thinking about that journey, I'm really proud that you go from, that's a huge transition from being bullied to like coming into your job, coming into your own, and then being
1: able to express that to the world. Holy
0: moly. I'm <laughs>
1: <now>. <laughs> well, and as you can see now, I have no problem being 100% myself. I embody the Taylor Swift song of you're being too loud. You need to calm down. I'm like, then I'm doing my job, right? Like right, right. <laughs> if I'm too much, I'll find the people that think I'm just enough.
2: <laughs> right. Right. That's awesome. Well, for yes. Thank you for sharing that. And I think, you know, the, the reason why I asked is just because I think there are so many folks who are in a similar boat. And, you know, I I love the way that you describe it as puzzle pieces that, you know, there are so many different pieces that come into play and things that come into play and getting those tools, getting those resources is so critical. And especially, you know, just as you think about, uh, you know, anyone that's listening that, you know, needs support, needs help, there are resources out there. Just call one of your aunties, Katie or Jackie, we can take care of you. We got Um, so uh, moving along. So this is one book that you published this past week. Um, say more
1: about what's, what else, what other kind of books are you coming up with? So a little bit about this book. So it's titled Jumo the Unicorn. It's about, like we talked about a little rhino that feels like something is missing and he can't quite put his foot on it. And one day he sees a unicorn on a little girl's shirt. And he's like, that looks like me. What is that? And through this story, he finds out what a unicorn is. And he makes this discovery and kind of has an identity crisis. And is like, maybe I'm a unicorn. Like that looks really cool. Maybe, maybe that's what I am. And he interacts with his BFF zookeeper, Manda, who is a pink haired zookeeper that has the ability to talk to all of her animals and they can talk to her. So throughout this story, he figures out ways to tell all of the animals and deals with the reactions that he doesn't actually expect. And through that, some of the animals react great, some of them not so much. And so him and Manda find a way to come to a resolution and at the end, overall acceptance of him and his new decision. And like I said, I think it's a great message of inclusivity. If parents want to use it as a tool to talk about gender identity, they can. But honestly, with the ARC readers that read it early, these little kids were grasping why are those animals being mean? If he wants to be a unicorn, why can't he be a unicorn? It doesn't make sense. And the message of, hey, you can change your mind. Hey, if you want to be something else, you can. And whether it relates to my job, like, hey, I was doing one thing, but maybe I want to do something else. You know, it. there's many different ways that you could take it, um, which was on purpose again, because while well, I'm very bold and like want to come right out and talk about inclusivity, maybe someone who stumbles upon the book, doesn't quite think that's what it's about. And then they're tricked into it. (laughs) Right. (laughs) You've already paid the money. Sorry. (laughs) Because to be honest, kids are all about unicorns right now. And Mm -hmm. all of my friends with kids, all they want to do is talk about unicorns. So you come across this book and you're like, a rhino, a unicorn, what can be wrong? (laughs)
2: That's cute. Love it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And then as far as the series, the goal is to continue writing about all these animals at the zoo my goal again with the theme of inclusivity is to maybe talk about behaviors on the spectrum and maybe there's an animal that's finding out that maybe they're a little bit different than all the other animals in the way that they interact or they learn and maybe another animal is going through a crisis of am I a zebra or am I a horse? And what type of breed am I? And we can get into that area as well too. And I just think there's so many conversations that again, we can correlate with these animals and use them as the vessel to start these conversations.
0: Fully. Uh, It makes me think of Skippy John Jones, the Skippy John Jones series, even though highly problematic, but the one part that (laughs) is like adorable is that it's about the Siamese cat and looks in the mirror and thinks it's a chihuahua and starts playing like it's a chihuahua. And I, I remember thinking like, that's how Skippy John Jones saw, you know, himself. Mm-hmm. And I do think for some people, like it is really clear or I'm supposed to be, I think that's who I am or I I'm, you know, going and trying to make that discovery. And I think that you're right. That framework can be used for a lot of different topics. Like it can turn into a discussion. It's a catalyst to have a discussion because there are other people and other kids just, you know, and maybe somebody, it'll prevent somebody from being bullied when they realize that, you know, that they can do that when they're reading that. I think that's important too.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's, that's the goal.
0: Those was like more acceptance now than we've seen. And we're starting to, people are are having in the conversations, but it's so n- nice to know that there's a resource.
1: Mm-hmm. And, and again, that's the goal because in, in my family, when we had those conversations as a family about certain topics that maybe were different the way our family operated, that idea of having it at home with my parents who I trusted to always have my best interest at heart, you know, as a kid, like that's all you know about the world is mom and dad say, it's okay. So it's okay. And so again, it's that opportunity of maybe mom and dad opening their mind and their eyes a little bit more in hopes to help their kid grow up again, better than they grew up. I think that's fair.
2: Yeah. I I love that whole concept because I think that's something that's just is, there's such a need for it, you know, and I, you know, you've said that, that, you know, just the fact that these are available and that, you know, you are going to be writing about more kind of, of these topics that have been I won't say taboo, but definitely have been hard to discuss and hard to, you know, how do you open that conversation? Um, so I love that you're doing this. This is great. So what's your favorite animal?
1: Oh, you know, how top five, how about top (laughs) five? Can I give you top five? Well, (laughs) it's funny. My friends that have kids, they're like, I can't pick a favorite child, but like deep down in your, you know, you know, you one. you know, Just like with my dogs, I have two dogs and I love them both, but like one of them's kind of my dog and the other one's kind of my husband's dog, you know? And so like, you know, there's a little bit. So I have a favorite dolphin that I worked with, uh, when I worked at the Navy, every other trainer was kind of afraid of him because he liked to scare the trainers and get their reaction of scaring them. He would jump out of the water and scream at them and they would like jump back and freak out. And so I built a really great relationship with him based off trust and, Yeah, he, I have a tattoo of his flukes on my ankle, but he was incredible. And then my favorite killer whale, um, actually passed away while I was working there. And that was a big, big moment for me. That's where I learned my voice and that I had a role to speak for these animals because they couldn't advocate for themselves. And I learned so much about myself just through her watching her as I was growing up and then having the chance to work with her. And then as far as the elephants, I do have a favorite elephant Um, troublemaker, she's a big troublemaker. And those are the animals I loved that all the people (laughs) were like, yeah, they're a little bit too much work. That's why I love the most because earning their trust, earning that relationship you knew was tenfold because they were troublemakers and didn't give everyone that attention. So (laughs) I would say, yeah, the top three animals I've worked with are definitely dolphin, killer whale and elephants for sure awesome love it love it so you also have
2: courses that you teach tell us a little bit about that
1: yeah so we talked about my animal training past and through trying to figure out how to become an animal trainer i realized wow this information is really secretive and a certain socio like socioeconomic status is able to do these unpaid internships and live in different states. And I really started to realize once I got these jobs, I'm like, everyone here looks like me. That's a problem. That's that's a problem. Why, why do we all why are we all cookie cutter? And then I realized that there was not equal access to this information to everyone. And that really pissed me off. <laughs> it really pissed me off because that's not fair. And someone should, if they love animals, they should have the ability to work with them. And so When I left the animal field, because I wasn't tied to an official company anymore, I took that opportunity to start these digital courses. And at first I just launched a resume audit where I said, Hey, you can send me your resume. I used to be an intern coordinator. I helped hire a ton of interns. I will look over it for you and give you suggested edits. And that got great feedback to then I started a resume builder course where I basically had like a full lecture that I had compiled of my information of how I would format my resume for the animal field. Cause it's very different than like your average business resume. And that went over really well. And people were like, Hey, okay. So we've submitted our resume, but now we're getting interviews help. So then I created an interview course and said, Hey, this is what you should wear to your interview. This is what you should say. Here's how you should answer these questions. This is what they're looking for. Here's their trick questions. This is how you can answer them. And then from there, they were like, okay, I passed the interview. Now I have to do the swim test. How the heck do I prepare for a swim (laughs) test? So then I created a swim test course. And so basically just learning what my community needed. I kept building these courses and I tailored some to interns and some to people that were looking for a career change within the field and had no idea how much they were going to blow up, but again, just starting them because If we want these animals to be around for the next 10, 15 years, we have to secure the next generation to have all the tools and resources to physically get these jobs. And yeah, that was the goal behind that is just give everyone the opportunity that wanted it. And they're affordable because animal trainers do not make a lot of money. (laughs) And so it's at an affordable price. It's not meant for me to make a profit really at all. And just give again, all the resources available so that Anyone who wants to do it can't do it because that's how it should be You're like a serial entrepreneur. There's like <laughs> 15 million things like, like you know, like
0: all these things
1: is a problem. I have to like hone in because I do wear a lot of hats and I have my hands in a lot of pots and I'm like, okay, I got to like center what I want to do because I just have that spirit. I want to help everyone. I want to people be, be a part of everything. And sometimes I have to remember that I'm just one person got to hone it in.
0: <laughs> yes. yes, that makes sense. But I love that. I mean. I think that it it speaks a lot. Um, and I hope people are listening um can hear those things because that's a lot of different pivots of trying to do that. And you know, there's always a spot where you, you're thankful that something didn't happen maybe the way that you wanted it to, because then it opened it up to give you different different opportunities. And and I love that you're trying to help because a lot of people don't have that access. Mm-hmm. Like they would have no way of even knowing what to put on there or if those things were available or where are they available and um i love that you're making that accessible and you know not expensive because that's hard
2: yeah i think that's the piece you know is obviously jackie and i have these conversations all the time about you know accessibility to different tools different things and even just awareness of this is a job you can have. This is something you can do for a living. And, you know, if you're not exposed to it, you just, you, you don't know. And so, you know, I love that you're making it accessible. And I love that you're sharing some of the tips and tricks and just some of the ways to, to make this more accessible and make this more visible for people, because I think that's, that's critical. That's just, you know, something that we all need to be thinking about. So that's awesome. Um, So I know you have more books coming up. What else is coming up for you?
1: Ooh, you know, since uh, since just called you the serial entrepreneur, what else? Yeah, exactly. What other
2: companies are you gonna be starting in the next week or two?
1: Yeah. (laughs) Right, right. Um, well, I do have I do have dreams someday of speaking and maybe with these courses holding workshops again, my, my heart is with the animal training community because I want to see animals thrive. Um, unfortunately, as we can see in the news, like we're going through extinctions with multiple different species. And again, as much as people don't like the idea of captivity pretty soon, there aren't going to be many animals in the wild. And we're going to need zoos to literally have a gene pool to preserve these species. Um, so again, my, my heart is with that. It would be cool to have a workshop someday and speak publicly about that. Also what's really been put on my heart recently is my community is now reaching out about how do I find a therapist? How do I know a therapist is right for me? What questions should I ask my therapist? What's the difference between a therapist and a psychiatrist? How do I find a therapist? Like what if I want a religious therapist or one that's specifically for my like diverse status that I'm in and I'm realizing yet again, I have the privilege to ask those questions and the access and ability to do that research and find what was best for me, but not everyone has that or is in even the mental state to be able to Google those questions because I get it. I was there where waking up and brushing my teeth was the most that I could accomplish in one day. And so I want to create maybe just like a pamphlet or course where people can, have all those questions answered for them. And from start to finish, this is how you find a therapist within your insurance. And this is how, you know, they're right for you, etc. So I think that would be something that would be really cool. And again, not to make a profit at all, but just to get that information out there to the people that need it.
0: I think that's fair. So many people do need it. I mean, it's like, I can't, and there's a lot of different resources. So even more difficult is trying to ask the right questions. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the hard part, especially like, and I don't know if this has ever happened to either one of you. Like I found out that this therapist was not a great therapist, like two years in, you know, like, I'm like, wait, you're going to have to give me a copay. Like, why do I know about your mom and your mother-in-law and your husband and your kids and your mother-in-law? <laughs> <laughs> I shouldn't know
1: any of those things.
2: Mm -hmm. it's going the wrong way. The conversation's going the wrong way that that she's sharing more than you are. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, And even just, I tell people all the time that finding a therapist or psychiatrist for you is quite literally like dating. And you're going to be so lucky if the first therapist that you meet, you guys have chemistry and like sparks fly and they're your BFF. But I have had many therapists where I know instantly, Ooh, yeah, no, this is not going to work. And it's okay. Most people don't realize that it's okay to be like, Hey, we're not a good fit. Goodbye. Yeah, It's okay. And that's okay. And you can find multiple therapists. And a lot of people don't realize that and that they have a duty to serve you. And if they're not serving you, you shouldn't be there. You shouldn't be paying them, you know, because then they can serve someone else that fits them. You know,
0: people don't know you're allowed to say no.
2: Yeah. (laughs) Well, I think it's that, but I also would say there. like, I have had quite a few friends of mine who have reached out and they're like, do you know any therapists that are women of color? Mm. Because you know, all of the therapists that I have seen as I'm looking on psychology today or wherever. And so like I, Jackie knows this, I've reached out to her like, Hey, who do you know? And obviously now with like telemedicine, it makes it quite a bit easier where You can have Mm -hmm. someone sitting in Waco, Texas that can help support, uh, you know, someone in Phoenix, Arizona. And so I think there's also, there's just some different options there. Like I, so I actually started going to therapy during the pandemic. So I didn't actually meet my therapist in person for about a year and a half. Um, and so it was one of those things that like we did have, you know, instant chemistry and it was great. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think that's, it it is, that's a great way to describe it is almost it's, you know, it's someone you're dating or someone that you have a relationship with because you are sharing some of the most intimate, some of the most not great moments, all of these things that, you know, about yourself. And it is just so critical to have someone that you feel comfortable talking to and, and also that is listening. Like I Jackie (laughs) to your point, like, I don't really need to know about your family. I, you know, and. It's so funny because I think like the first couple times I was like, so how are you doing? Cause that's just <laughs> my nature to be yep. like, let me check on you. How are you? And she's like, no, it's <laughs> not how this works. Um, oh. But you know, in, in a very kind way to be clear, but yes, it, it is that, that funniness of, I don't know if that's a, a woman thing to like check on the other person more, you know, but right. That's what I was doing. And it was kind of funny, but um. <laughs> So we like to do something uh, to, to wrap up our shows. And that is really just to, what is your one thing? If, you know, if, if folks are listening and want to make sure that they have that, that one nugget and it never works out to be one, to be clear, Amanda, <laughs> I'm not so good at this never. game. I we tried to, even ever we try too. to be good at this game every yeah. single time and doesn't it doesn't work. work. But if you were to choose one thing or, you know, your top three ish, <laughs> what are the things you want folks to know?
1: like about me or words of advice or anything. Totally up to you. Anything Hmm, that's so broad. How am I supposed to I choose? Know.
2: Well, like from this episode or, you know, something that like,
1: where can they get your book? Okay. Okay, fine. Yes. So you can find Jim the unicorn on Amazon. Currently right now we have Kindle and paperback options. Our hardcover option is in the process of getting approved. Once that gets approved, then you'll be able to find it Barnes and Noble, literally anywhere else. Uh, So you can find it there. Um, And then like my nugget, I'll say my nugget is that don't let anyone try to silence your voice because like I said, growing up, I just kept being told that I was too much, too much. Well, it turns out that. I found the right people and they love that about me that I'm too much and don't change who you are for the wrong people just be you and the right people are going to find you and your vibe is going to attract that tribe and they're going to be there to support you so be you and be all of you
2: <laughs> I love that. awesome love it
0: Jackie I am um, don't be afraid of getting help When you feel like, you know, you're getting depressed or you're starting to feel triggered by certain things, make sure and like do it and do it until you find the right person. If you don't find the right therapist, the first one, two, three, five times, keep going because they are out there. I will say that and just keep going with all the things, like don't (laughs) give up. Is that like what you keep
2: building the empire like Amanda is of all of the companies That's all right. of the things <laughs> no doing excuses. all of it. Yes None. no excuses people. get it together <laughs> over there. Um, no, I'm just kidding um, So yes to to both of you and I would also add just the I, I love the whole idea and you know I've heard this before and I think it's such a great one the your your setbacks are your are actually setups. For what's next and what's coming and I love that you shared that and I love that that's something that you're you're living Mm -hmm. and and it is just so fascinating to see the evolution of someone that you know, what you started with and what you thought life was going to be and where you are today. And while that's different, you still are making such an impact. And I just think that's, that's awesome and amazing. So thank you. Um, thank you for joining us. Um, and we will put some links to some resources on the um, episode notes, just around where to find a good therapist or psychologist, psychiatrist, um, the 35 we'll places put, you can find Amanda. And her yes, but the, the uh, <laughs> yeah, if you aren't following her on Instagram, what is your, your handles, Mandy.
1: Yes. So you can find me on literally every platform at that Manda girl. So growing up, my nickname was Manda. So we roll with it. So that Manda girl, you can find me everywhere. And then my podcast is again mental health centered and it's called Sunshine and Rainbows Podcast. Uh, we didn't even talk about that. Yes. Your podcast.
2: Yeah. So back yes. up. No. no I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm so sorry. That's we talked about two. this before the show. We did not talk about it during the show. <laughs> Um, so yeah, that's a whole nother
1: I, like <sighs> sunshine and rainbows is your yeah. podcast. Now you're what making do you me feel on that really podcast? seen about the whole serial entrepreneur <laughs> thing. No, it's like, good. like, first oh, of all, girl, like,
0: wait, number one, we are proud
1: of you. Like, we yeah. think
0: it's
2: amazing. Like that there is, there's no bad in there at no. all. This is awesome. And we're like, <laughs> first of all, you're kind of making us tired, but <laughs> right.
0: So there's that. <laughs> And I think we're so both, impressed. We'd love to say that we do one thing,
2: but yeah, l- it, no, no, that never works. Yeah, <laughs> nope. it never works that way. So your podcast is called Sunshine and Rainbows. Tell us a little bit about that.
1: Yes. So when I started my brand and my platform, I started getting collaborations with different brands and companies. And even though I was trying to be open and authentic there's still a certain way they like their photos to look and there's still a certain way to formulate a caption. And I was held by these contracts. And while it was still my voice, there were still certain words I had to use. And I realized that even though I was being open, it was still a very aesthetically pleasing speed, which is not how real life is. And I started this podcast because I didn't want to make any money off of it. I didn't want to have any ads. I wanted it to be a place where it was hundred percent me and I wasn't controlled by any brand or any contract or anything like that. And it's just another layer that I'm diving into and peeling back that veil of authenticity. And at first I was alternating solo episodes and then having guests on. And once I got to, I think like episode 10, I really realized, okay, I've said what I need to say. There are so many more people whose voices need to be amplified. And like, I've had the main character moment i don't need to be the main character with this you know i do have very main character energy and i i know that about myself but this is a place where i was like hey i need to amplify these voices because these guests are coming to me with incredible stories and while what i went through was very hard for me that's like a blip on someone else's traumatic radar and while it's very real to me and it was such a big moment in my life Holy moly, there's so many other people that are going through incredible things and they're problem solving their way through it. And so with the whole sunshine and rainbows theme, you know, there's that phrase of like, Oh, everything's all sunshine and rainbows when the joke is, yeah, it's not life is not that way. And so it's just a space where we talk about life is a highlight reel and you're combining like you are comparing your behind the scenes to someone's highlight reel. And that's where this whole social media, mental health thing is not good because you are not getting the full story of what they're sharing. And so, yeah, I have guests on and we talk about hard things and awkward things and taboo things, and they just share how they made it through in hopes that one person listening is like, oh, okay. I'm not alone. Yeah. And and I think that's awesome. Just having that helpful, supportive
2: voice. So that's amazing. So Amanda, thank you so much for joining us. This has been super fun. Um, We all have to go out and get your book. We'll put the link to the, um, to the book into your website, all that good stuff in our show notes as well. Um, But this has been super fun. So thank you for joining us. Thank you so much for having me.
0: Of course. Of course. This is Katie Van Horn. And this is Jackie Clayton. And thank you for Watching or listening to the Inclusive AF Podcast.
1: Bye bye. Welcome, change agents, to your go to place for stories that ignite your spirit